1: donovan squirts left now gets denied by bacon a good defender works back up the pick in the lane free throw line stop pop hit right side clarkson ball fakes a three drives on hampton gives that to donovan dame lillard deep three perfect gobert back out to don don fires another lillard three and hits Oni fast
0: break kicks forrest finds thomas three good
2: There's some highlights as the Utah Jazz completely annihilate Orlando, an NBA record for three-pointers. Made in the first half and the second half was all garbage time. PK, that is nine straight, but when you look back, mostly games they were supposed to win. That third game at Memphis without Donovan Mitchell sticks out. The Brooklyn game should have been a big game, but their big three didn't play. But largely, they won games they're supposed to. Now the schedule gets much more interesting, starting with Dallas tonight.
1: No, oh, I think they're supposed to win tonight. I think they're supposed to win Wednesday. I think they're supposed to win after that. And nothing new. You get the best record in the league. You're supposed to win. Never lose again. It's not going to set. That's not going to happen. That's two different things. Yes. But but, but you are going to be favored
2: win. in a lot of these games. Yeah. But the competition level definitely goes up.
1: That's no question about that but I'm accepting their greatness. I'm not questioning it. Jazz
2: are a six-point favorite in this one over the Mavs. The Mavs started. They're supposed to win then. Yeah, The Mavs started poorly. They were 9-14. They got blown out by 30 by the Warriors. And uh, since then, last 25 games, 18-7, playing more like the team we thought we'd see yeah. as opposed to whatever that disaster was at the start of the season.
1: Well, I'm looking forward to these next two games starting today. I like that it starts at 5 before the NCAA game. Zone coverage are here. Begin at four on our on our station. All that stuff, but because you got Donsich. you know, was he uh, top ten conservatively, top five? You no, know, certainly top ten, maybe top five. If you want to go there, I've got no problem. If you want to put him in top five, so it's an opportunity to pick up a nice win for sure. Yeah.
2: DJ and PK.
1: Hashtag NBA. Here's Levine. Levine against Brown. On a crossover. 35. footer right side. Bam! Onions. Baby onions. Zach Levine puts
2: it down. 112. 102 Bulls. Devontae Graham to the top. Stripped away. Picked off. Run out. Here's Tatum. All the way to the basket with Bridges on him. And he flushed it home right handed. Now Bledsoe
1: bodied up. Kick it to Lonzo. Left wing three. Down. Nothing but net career-high tying seventh tray for Lonzo Ball. Rondo with a drive to his right to the dotted line puts it up puts it in with a right hand. Rajon Rondo with his first points as a clipper a nice little floater vintage Rondo style to make it 72-51.
2: Rondo with a bucket there highlights from around the NBA you hear Rondo with the bucket the Clippers beat the Lakers pretty easily 104-86 the final score and The Clippers took control of that game in the first half. They were up by 15 at the break and cruised (coughs) to the easy victory over the Lakers. Also, the Denver Nuggets, they get the win over Orlando, 119-109, predictably Aaron Gordon. First game against his old team, he had 24 points. Pretty balanced scoring from the Nuggets starting five there, PK. Not that it wasn't a really good game for Jokic, but it wasn't one of the mega games we've seen him put up. 17 16 points.
1: 16 assists,
2: though, man. Yeah, 9 rebounds and 16 assists.
1: He's he's the best pure point guard I've ever seen.
2: <laughs> Gordon had 24, Murray had 22, Porter had 20, so 3 guys getting 20 points, and Jokic wasn't one of them, and they didn't need it as uh, they take over in the 4th quarter and pull away and beat Orlando. Some of the other games, the Hornets now don't have Gordon Hayward. He's out for a month, injured. He'll be reexamined in a month. Celtics blow out the Hornets 116-86. to Hornets had been pushing maybe for that fourth seed in the East, but now we'll see if they uh, take a big slide here. The Warriors are sliding. They've lost seven out of eight. Hawks beat them 117-111. Steph Curry is back, but didn't make any difference in this one. And the Nets shorthanded without their uh, their big names. The Bulls beat the Nets 115-107. Kyrie Irving did play, but the other two, Harden was out, and so was Durant. So, Bucks gave Drew Holiday four years, $135 million. Bonuses could push that up to $160, but he's got four years and 135 guaranteed. Wow. <laughs> Good money, eh?
1: Yeah, like Westbrook said last week, man. (laughs) He's a winner in the game of life. (laughs) Making that kind of money.
2: $34 million per year for four years guaranteed. Mm -hmm. Bonuses could take it to $40. DJ and PK.
0: Hashtag college basketball seven seconds to go six seconds juzang in the paint fade away no got his own rebound slithers to the rim and lays it in three seconds to go we're tied at 90. here comes suggs long three for the win banks at home banks at home jalen suggs a deep banked three just then gonzaga one step closer to history
2: Forget about double overtime. Suggs is winning it right now, right here. Two massive plays out of him, PK. The block at the rim, chasing the ball down in the corner, a couple dribbles, and then an exquisite 40-foot one-handed bounce pass. How was big time?
1: He is big time, yeah. I said it, uh, well, I've been saying it for a couple weeks. Best player to come out of Gonzaga in the Mark Few era, I believe, as far as an NBA prospect goes. I mean, Adam Morrison had a phenomenal career, but I'm talking about NBA level. And obviously, Suggs won't be anywhere near, uh, statistically, the career stuff that Morrison got because he played there multiple years. All of us would be shocked if Suggs would play uh, beyond one more game in college. (laughs) There's really (laughs) no reason for him to. He's a phenomenal player, and he's only obviously getting better. I I believe he would be a top three pick.
2: I think that's how it'll play out, and that, that's not to rule out going number two, but he won't be.
1: Well, I don't know who's going to be drafting right now. So. Right,
2: until we get to the lottery, we won't know the order. Yeah. But he's yeah. going to go very quickly. Yeah. And then I thought Kispert gave him some big plays as well. You know he can shoot the three, but getting to the rim and throwing down that dunk, and then he had the offensive rebound and put back late in the game. Those are some gritty points for a guy who's usually out on the three-point line.
1: Yeah, he's a tough, hard-nosed player, right?
2: And uh, a word about UCLA, that was an excellent run from the first four, winning five straight games, and the first team to take Gonzaga to overtime. Nobody's beat them, but that's the best anybody's played them this year for 40, 45 minutes.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely, yeah. I mean, they battled mean, What can you say? That's the, That game's the essence why I'm a sports fan on multiple levels because it was super exciting, super competitive, and then it's hard for me to get caught up in winning and losing because – I just don't think that uh, the Bruins, I mean, they lost the game, but I can't say, wow, man, they just they didn't play well enough or what have you. That's why I'm, I'm caught up in the competition of the actual game rather than the result, and that was the essence of that game for sure.
2: UCLA's biggest lead was six. Gonzaga's biggest lead was seven. It was competitive all the way through. At no point did you think, this is getting out of hand. No. It was tight the whole way. So Gonzaga wins the Thriller. Now they got to win one more against Baylor. Baylor had no problem with Houston. That was a, a pretty easy W for the Bears. So it's the top two, the way it ought to be, PK. Uh,
1: if you believe in pl- polls, I guess, the, the way it ought to be. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I, mean, I, I think Gonzaga's going to win. But, you know, I thought uh, they were going to roll the other night, so... See what happens. I have no reason to want Baylor to win. i just soon have Gonzaga to win.
2: We will get into that coming up. we got a lot of you weighing in on uh, social media. We'll get to that. The uh, Stanford Cardinal win the Women's NCAA Championship. 54-53 over Arizona. Uh, Final four. They have to survive on defense as time runs out. Survive a couple of last-second shots. Uh, well, The semifinal was point-blank. This one was kind of turnaround fadeaway top of the key stuff it was a much more difficult shot although it did draw iron see if gonzaga has to go through that and sweat out another one stanford had to sweat out two, but they got the title their third
1: first since uh, what was the, 92 uh, 92 yeah how about that and the coach for arizona uh, Barnes. I mean, she took over a team the first year of 6 and 24 and she was uh, storing breast milk during halftime as a mom of a newborn. How about that?
2: Haven't heard of anything like that. she from Jersey? She's got an edge.
1: I think she's a California, yeah. It's yeah. A, her husband's on the staff and and so after that uh, semifinal win against UConn, she brought the team together and uh, did, thought it was a private moment right out on the floor and dropping F-bombs. <laughs> <laughs> and some other gestures. And yeah. flipping off because uh, they didn't. They had the Final four, four video and they only had three teams. They didn't have Arizona in there, and that was sort of funny and all that stuff. So good on her for, for being able to balance all that. And she's actually a San Diego gal, went to Mission Bay High School.
2: Hey. Hey. Don't get uh, closer to the water than that. Oklahoma hired Loyola head coach Porter Moser as the Sooners' new head coach. He's had a couple of great tournament runs at Loyola Chicago, and now he's going to Oklahoma. DJ and PK. Hashtag
0: NFL.
2: As far as calling plays, you know, I'm, I'm going to be the one calling the plays this year. That's an exciting thing for um, for me to get back to knowing where we're at. The fun part right now is building
1: what we want to do better, getting that right with coaches and players that are going to be with us.
2: That's Bears coach Matt Nagy right there. He's taking over play calling. Shake it
1: up. All right. Yeah, I know. He only gave it up for one year.
2: What can the Bears do? To get from 500. Would they
1: sign? They somebody a quarterback. Who was it? Nick Foles. No. Oh, you they brought in um, Dalton. Dalton. Yes, Andy yes. Dalton.
2: Redheaded Rocket. Houston Police Department has launched an investigation concerning Deshaun Watson after a complaint filed a complaint filed a report against the Texans quarterback. As with any allegation, the Houston Police Department is now conducting an investigation. Will not comment further during the investigative process. The department issued a statement saying that. Did not specify what he's being accused of, but we know there's 21 civil lawsuits alleging sexual assault and inappropriate behavior, most of them, if not all of them, revolving around massages, so see where that goes now. The police are involved. Tampa Bay Buccaneers cornerback Carlton Davis apologized after using an anti-Asian slur last night in a since-deleted tweet. In the tweets he apologized in, Davis said he thought the term meant lame. Did not realize had a deeper, darker meaning. He apologized for that. The
1: term meant lame, L-A-M-E, you said? That's what he thought it meant, yes. Oh, I have no idea what term he used.
2: Tom Brady's rookie card sold in March for $1.32 million, believed to be a record high for any football card. Now the same type of card is blown past that record, selling for $2.25 million last Friday. How much money do you have to have before you feel good about spending a couple million dollars on a rookie card? I guess if it's going up like this, you look at it as investment, well, you think yeah, I'll it's, flip it. an investment. I'll flip yeah, it another it. year.
1: Well, what's fascinating to me, and I've delved in the card industry a little bit as far as that goes, the rookie card, so like the second year card isn't worth near as much. I don't really understand the logic, but the rookie card is where it's at.
2: You're right. I can't possibly explain that to you. Um, You know, people create the value, and for some reason, they think the rookie card, I don't know if they make fewer of them. By the second year, you know somebody's a star, and there's more. And I'm I'm throwing stuff at the wall trying to figure out why that would be. But you're right, those rookie cards are where it's at. DJ and PK.
0: Hashtag college football.
2: Weaver State beats Southern Utah in 1916. Weaver State improves to 4 0. Thunderbirds fall to 1 4. SUU has four losses by seven points. This three pointer to Weaver is their big loss. Uh, the other three losses have come in the last 10 seconds. This one came with about 10 minutes to go. They gave up the go ahead points. Weaver State now has one more game. they got to play Idaho State, the Cal Poly game. Cal Poly has decided they can't finish their season. They're down to 49 players. They've had injuries. They'd have issues. So they're struggling. They're setting, shutting it down. So we will have one more game, and if they win that, they'll be 5-0 and and off to the playoffs. Even if they lose, they might get in, but they probably don't want to consider that possibility. It's their second game with Idaho State. They already blew them out once. And an associated uh, press survey of 357 Division I athletic directors with 99 of them participating – 73% said allowing athletes to be compensated for NIL, name, image, and likeness, will decrease the number of schools that have a chance to be competitive in college sports. About 28%, nearly 28% said many fewer schools would be, many fewer, many more schools would be competitive. I think name, image, and likeness is going to lead to this huge difference in competitiveness. I mean, we already are competitive at the top. 3 to 5 to 10, that are like 20 or 30 schools going to break away from the rest? Let's read the quote below that from Troy Dannen, the Tulane Athletic Director. Tulane AD's Troy Dannon says uh, among the 15% of ADs who think they think uh, NIL, this, these numbers aren't adding up, but we'll go with that. 15% of the ADs said they believe NIL payments will have no impact on competitive balance. The kids that are going to Alabama are still going to Alabama. The kids that are going to Southern Cal are still going to Southern Cal. The kids that are going to Tulane are still going to Tulane.
1: That's what I would say, yeah. Scholarship
2: limitations. will keep them in line. Will there be more uh, transferring if a kid has a big year so he can go get paid more because school X has car dealers coughing up money?
1: He would go to the NFL. What are we talking about? If, uh, if he's that good. I mean, because how many of these kids are going to get involved in this? There's not that many that draw attention to where, wow, I would love to have player XYZ as a, Sponsor or a client, I guess. So uh, I I think from the media perspective, it'll work. You'll have guys that won't want to be more flamboyant and get their names out there. So that's always good. I say bring it on. Pay them. Bring
2: it out into the daylight. It's happening under the table anyway.
1: you're You're going to create a whole bunch of problems that people aren't... There are going to be so many people hanging on them. And women and whatnot, all, all sorts of stuff that's going to come along with money. Just look at these pros, how many of them with all the alimony payments and then and they go broke and all the other issues that are involved. Now you're going to bring in younger kids even. The, the older guys can barely handle it, some of them. And now you're going to give it to 17, 18, 19-year-olds. Oh, my gosh. I just hope they give them training because money can be like a loaded gun if you don't know how to use it. DJ Hashtag Major
0: League Baseball. A.J. Hinch tried to make him as comfortable as possible, and you couldn't do it. First pitch swinging. Deep left field. Way back. Storybook home run. <laughs> and Akio <Akeel> Badu, he <laughs> Just like you scripted it. There's a the pitch. Swung on and a ground ball. Fair down the right field line into the corner. Extra bases. Into scores Marte. Walker turning third. He's coming to the plate. And he will score. On the third base over there, safe is Peralta with a triple. Otani cranks one. Out in the right center. It's gone. First pitch swing. And he gives himself a one-to-nothing lead. The three-one to Walsh swinging a fly ball out into deep left center. Robert leaps. It's gone. It's a home run, and the Angels have won the game. The final score: the Angels
2: seven and the White Sox four. That's the Angels show. Hey, Otani. 101 miles an hour, he hits on the gun pitching. He hit the home run. You heard the highlight there. The Angels go on to win the game 7-4, to although Otani had to leave the game in the fifth inning. He got spiked, got slid into. They don't think it's a big deal, but they took him out because they're being ultra, ultra careful with him. And the Angels go on to beat the Chicago White Sox 7-4. to also, you heard the uh, Diamondbacks beating the Padres 3-1. Rookie Taylor Widener shutting down San Diego for six innings in the win. Diamondbacks taking the fourth and final game in that series after the Padres had taken the first three. Dodgers won three out of four from the Rockies. They beat the Rockies 4-2 to as well. Boston Red Sox going the other way. 0-3 oh, at Fenway, PK, for the first time since 1948. Yikes! Baltimore beat them
1: 11-3. Well, they're in a rebuilding mode, and uh, they'll lose Baltimore. Seems like they've been in a rebuilding mode for a decade. But to lose all three at home obviously isn't good, and they weren't, they're not forecasted to do well this year.
2: Houston with a four-game sweep in Oakland, they win nine to two, so they are off to a great start. Not so great last year in that shortened season, but got it rolling here right out of the gate. Four straight wins went, to open the season. went
1: to the uh, AL Championship Series last year, didn't they?
2: Yeah, they got in through the uh, through the wild card and the expanded playoffs. Wasn't their record like? Five hundred, or were they? Game yeah. Under regardless,
1: man, it's not how you begin; it's how you end. True Their point. run differentials plus twenty six—that's so impressive. They, just, they battered <laughs> the A's, that's for sure.
2: Washington Nationals expected to open the season tomorrow against the Atlanta Braves. Original opening game today postponed, ongoing COVID nineteen issues for the club, but they're going to get out there one day. Going to have some doubleheaders later on, I guess. What is Trending? brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. No job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. All right, coming up, Gonzaga. You got a pull for them tonight? They're not really Cinderella, and yet to complete the undefeated season, the team we get to see in this part of the country, does it feel like Cinderella? Big 12 teams, anonymous. Another anonymous team. How can you not root for Gonzaga to win this thing? We will get to that coming up next. Also, coming up later in the show, Mike Weir, 2003 Masters Champion, Champions Tour regular at 8 o'clock. Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider at 9 o'clock. Right now, time to welcome in Andrew Reinhart from Wasatch Medical Clinic. Andrew, good morning. Good morning, guys. How you doing? Doing well, Andrew. You got the treatment. Breakthrough treatment doesn't involve a pill, injections, or surgery. So for guys who've been struggling with ED, it's a new option. What can you tell us
3: about it? It is a new option, and we use at Wasatch Medical the two most advanced versions of acoustic wave therapy. What this does, and it's done this since the 1950s on other parts of the body, is it repairs and opens up blood vessels. Um, that's a good thing for feet pain and leg pain and all, you know, things like that. Uh, we specialize in erectile dysfunction, of course, because ED is a blood flow problem. And one of the leading causes, uh, younger than we'd like, is that uh, blood vessels get damaged and clogged. That causes erectile dysfunction. We go in, we treat and fix that with just a few treatments and help guys turn back the clock in the bedroom, improve circulation in this part of the body and the big attraction over and over every day is guys say i'm so glad i don't have to take the pill anymore i get a little bit of that on-demand function back like it used to be
2: so as always you've got a special offer for our listeners
3: we do only 30 percent of men with ed seek treatment so i'm assuming two-thirds of guys are out there suffering, the relationship is suffering, uh, we want to help eliminate that. Um, Call us, put a stop to your ED, uh, the assessment, the exam with the doctor is free. That's a really good chance to ask questions. He'll do a blood flow ultrasound, by the way, at no charge. Uh, And then there's two other freebies, a little gift that produces immediate results in the bedroom that you'll love. And new patients get free testosterone if you're feeling like the ambition in the bedroom is a little low we've got that covered as well uh and you can call us now it's all no charge all
2: right guys you can call them at 801-901-8000 watsats medical ask for the uh special offer you just heard here on the zone at 801-901-8000 801-901-8000 andrew thanks a lot thanks guys djpk it's 97.5 and 1280 the zone hot takes or toast brought to you by jerry Seiner, Cadillac. Check out the bold new lineup at Jerry Seiner Cadillac. It's definitely not your grandpa's Cadillac. All right, we got basketball for you tonight here on the zone. The Jazz are going to play the Mavericks pregame with Jake Scott. And Tim LaCombe starts at 4 o'clock. The game tips at 5 with David Locke and Ron Boone on the call. At 7 o'clock, the signals will split. And the zone on the AM side will have the NCAA basketball championship game at 7 o'clock. It's on CBS TV tonight. When the Jazz game wraps up, then the NCAA title game will be on both signals. So there'll be a little bit of overlap, but not a lot. So the question is, how can you not root for Gonzaga to win this thing? (laughs) Go Gonzaga, Oren says, with an exclamation point. Scott, go get it, Zags! With an exclamation point. It's their time! He does advise, however, don't sleep on Baylor with what they just did to Houston. Kevin says, Stockton alumni here. I live in northern Idaho now. In 1997, when Stockton hit the shot, I was living in the avenues in Salt Lake City. So there's a jazz fan who's on board with Gonzaga. And I think there are a lot of those people. Gonzaga's been an incredible story. It's been a basketball for the last... 25 years, you've watched this evolve as Gonzaga went from just another team in the West Coast Conference to a team that made a Cinderella deep run to a team that went every year to a team that seems to go Sweet 16 as often as not, and now in their second Final Four in their second title game. The kid's all grown up, PK, and now they're a beast.
1: Well, they definitely are. Yeah, there's no question about that. They can play with anybody. We've seen that several times over, and a lot of talk that this was their best team. And I think Suggs is a huge, huge difference maker. Timmy is a big man. Obviously, we can go down the line. Uh, But I would think on our side of the country, Gonzaga, what's the point about rooting for Baylor? The only thing I could think of is if you're a BYU fan, do you want somebody in your conference to win? There's a guy, uh, I do a thing with him. I do a podcast. He's an ASU guy. He's actually the son of the uh, play-by-play announcer, and he does one of these podcast deals. There's so many of them that have popped up as far as Sun Devil football, right? And every year when they play the Utes, he brings me on. and You know, we get the lowdown from the insider type of thing, right? And I've been doing it for several years now. And so he is adamant that under every and all circumstances he roots against every team in the Pac twelve because he's a hardcore Sun Devil, right? Just loves them to death. And his reasoning is having them be any of the teams in anything, having them be successful, does not help the Sun Devils. So what did you got what do you have there from from PYU's perspective? Because they're in the same conference. Does it help the Cougars be successful? Uh, does the does the BYU fan, does he or she want to see Gonzaga win? Did you want to see Utah win in, what was it, 98 when they got this far and lost to Kentucky? Obviously, they were in the same conference then. I mean, I don't think it did anything for BYU's program, Uh and they're already there. You're going to get the maximum money. You don't get more money if you win. You just get money by the appearances, right? And so does it help you financially? So is it, Gonzaga, is it a true rival if you root for the other team to win? Can that really be a rival? Because if you no. was there this year, no. you would not root for them under any circumstances.
2: No. <laughs> well, I do think there were some Cougars. We heard from some Cougars who rooted for the Utes in 98. State pride, conference pride, whatever. But I think in the most bitter rivalries, there's no way. North Carolina and Duke, in a bitter rivalry when Weber State shocked North Carolina in the NCAA tournament and Duke fans were buying Weber State gear just so they could wear it around and irritate North Carolina fans. To me, if it's really right, if you don't have that, you're missing something in your rivalry. The ultimate rivalries have that. The ultimate rivalry, there's no chance you want your rival to win. And I think when we do hear from BYU fans who, okay, well, I, I rooted for the Utes in 98 or, or I, wore the, I wore the red and I went to the Fiesta Bowl, I think more often than not, you're going to find that that's a family where people went to both schools. And it's not the most bitter thing in the world. Because you sent kids to both schools or, you know, you, maybe you went to both schools. You know, the, the person who gets a degree one and then goes on to get some kind of second, you know, master's degree or whatever, and they get it at the other. There's something there that's dulled the edge to the rivalry. If it's really the rival, under no circumstances do you want them to win.
1: So Gonzaga really isn't a rival of BYU?
2: No, there's too much admiration in it. It's not the ultimate rivalry. I mean, the big close. games when they play, so there's something. But have they, the thing is, I think in the rivalry, they take something away from your team that you really want. And that can be a conference championship and the pros, you know, it can be a, a division championship or, you know, the same team you run into the playoffs keeps you out of the, the championship round, whatever the sport is. You know, the colleges, because so much of it tends to be the conference and the geography, they live on better decade after decade than the pro rivalries do. Those just rotate with the dominant players, and when the dominant player finishes their run, they usually lose their edge. You know, maybe the Red Sox and the Yankees don't, and I don't know, maybe the Packers and the Bears don't, but most of them do. Most of them lose their edge once you get through that three, five, seven-year cycle where they're buttonheads. You know, the Colts and Patriots was a great rivalry until Manning went away, and then it was nothing. Yeah, it was must-see TV before that, but then it was nothing. I think in the college, it you, you got to take some— Duke and North Carolina were great rivals because they're stay, taking stuff away from each other. Conference title, conference tournament title, well, and tournament, taking tournament runs. taking
1: stuff away from BYU every year.
2: Yeah, but do BYU fans want to win the— do they want to go to a Sweet 16 more than they want to win the conference tournament or the conference tournament title? It seems like well, that's the thing. And maybe uh, it's because they uh, haven't been— uh,
1: No, that wouldn't make any sense because under that— Logic then Duke would have to beat Carolina in the Sweet Sixteen, and I don't know that that's ever happened.
2: Yeah, I don't know that they've met in the tournament. If it has, so, it's been an so occasional you, deal. That's
1: you can't apply that. I mean, Gonzaga takes something away from BYU every year. You want to win that? You want to win the conference regular season? You want to win the conference uh, title in Vegas? And the tournament, I, I mean, and they've done – never have they done that. They haven't – they're 0 for 10, 0 for 11. Uh, they haven't done that. They've never done that. And it doesn't look like they're going to do it anytime soon. You're going to have the best locker room in America. I want the best players in America. The uh, BYU's – best they can do is, is throw a scare at Gonzaga. And they haven't beaten them in Vegas. And you you can see – it's not. It's not much of a rivalry. The the, the place is ninety five percent full of Gonzaga fans. So, if you're on, as far as taking something away, the Bulldogs do it every year, multiple times <laughs> against the Cougars.
2: Well, I think there's an argument to be made. The regular season title BYU gives away by losing to other people. You know, they go on the road and they've had their losses to. Pacific or LMU or USD or whoever. I mean, if we come down where they played big games at the end of the year where BYU's upset Gonzaga, who's, you know, well, one year they were undefeated, right? And they've been highly ranked. 29-0. Yeah. But they've never both gone, you know, one team comes in with one loss and the other team's undefeated and they're playing for a conference title. They haven't done that. Or both teams have a loss. Gonzaga doesn't, doesn't lose those games very often. They lose to St. Mary's or BYU, but then okay. Well, then
1: that. in Vegas, then yeah. So push it back a week. I disagree with you. I think you, whoever wins the conference title, took it away from all the other teams in the conference. So it doesn't just and I, whether you go head to head or whatever it might be, even if you beat them and they still win the conference, which could be more happens in football uh, than basketball. You you still they took it away from you. Because they had a better record.
2: Yeah, I just don't hear BYU fans complain about not winning the conference as much as I hear them complain about Because they know they're not good
1: enough. Right,
2: yeah. (laughs) And so is that ultimately, there's no rivalry? Because there's too big a gap.
1: Yeah. And they like them because they're nice people and the Utes are bad people.
2: (laughs) (laughs) They're mean. You know what, they chant us into those games.
1: Can't even say it on the radio. Yeah. And then they did that at Gonzaga, didn't the university president or something come out Somebody and say cracked on him, Yeah, they got to treat him nicer. They uh, start getting in uh, some religious overtones there and whatnot. So Gonzaga's up there and BYU's down here. And if I'm a BYU fan, I, I don't know that I root for Gonzaga tonight. What good does it do me?
2: You like the story. And you're not going to catch them whether they win or lose tonight. Well, especially not considering what they're
1: doing in recruiting right now.
2: Oh. Yeah, well, they can go out and land the biggest freshman who's going to be a one-and-done top three pick. Yeah, and- Ch- Chet Holmgren? No, he's like the consensus number one guy in next year's pick. He's supposed to be going to, to Gonzaga here shortly. Yeah.
1: you got to worry about yourself. I, I, don't, I don't see where Gonzaga winning helps BYU at all. The only thing that helps BYU is BYU getting better players. That's it. And they're going to go the transfer route to try to get these better players.
2: Question of the morning How can you not root for Gonzaga to win this thing? Gwen says very easily, all caps. And she's a Ute fan. She's got pictures on her Facebook of uh, all geared up uh, at Utah football games, wearing the beanie on a cold night and all that stuff. Oh,
1: yeah. If I'm Utah, why would I root for Gonzaga?
2: Go Baylor! Exclamation point. She's got the fist, the hoop, and the fist again.
1: Well, that's not rooting for Baylor. You're just rooting against Gonzaga. That's a presidential election right there.
2: (laughs) I don't love you, but I hate the other one more.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Right. Right. I and that's fine. You have that right to do that.
2: I don't want to hear BYU fans talk about that national champ Gonzaga and throw their shoulders back. So go Baylor.
1: Yeah, and somehow BYU is that they takes pride in the last team to beat them. That that matters. It's a What's footnote. That get you? It's a footnote.
2: Doesn't get you much. I used to say it about UC Santa Barbara and UNLV was undefeated, <laughs> going for the title. Got undefeated. They're undefeated, got beat in the final four. They'd won the title the year before. Their last loss had been to the Gauchos. Scheduled loss, but I didn't like to talk about that. How about some gambling advice? Dallin here at the bottom of the comments. Baylor plus five all day. <laughs> hey, whoever wins, who cares? Just make sure Baylor just make sure Baylor uses that plus five wisely.
1: Is that what the line is?
2: Apparently, I hadn't looked it up. I can double check it for you, but I'm trusting Dallin to be spot on. Maybe, uh, of course, it could have moved. That could have been when Dallin jumped in. It's now Gonzaga four and a half, where I'm looking.
1: It could be five. Well, it was else. also Gonzaga uh, like 15 in the semifinal game.
2: I saw how much that mattered. It's 14 yeah. and a
1: half when they tipped it off. Yeah. So if you put any money uh, on Gonzaga on that one, you lost.
2: You're ruined for double overtime to win it there. Sucks killed you by making that shot. All right, hit us up on Facebook, David, or on, on Facebook at DJ and PK. On Twitter at David DJ James. Got a lot of people uh, <laughs> weighing in there. We will get to uh, more of your reactions coming up eight o'clock. It's Masters Week. Mike Weir, Masters Champ, Champions Tour Regular, coming up at 8.05. He's 20 minutes away, right here on 97.5, 1280 the zone. Now, let's get this party started.
0: This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network.
3: Trevor Sikima, co-host of Locked on the NFL Draft. Let's talk about Zach Wilson. Did that really solidify him as the newest member of the New York Jets? When the trade for number three overall went down between the San Francisco 49ers and the Miami Dolphins, I feel like we learned more about what was happening with the New York Jets because you had some detailed messages come out after the 49ers trade that said that they contacted Miami number three, they contacted Atlanta at number four, and they contacted the Cincinnati Bengals at number five. If there was a trade to be made to number two overall i think the 49ers would have at least picked up the phone or at least it would have been reported that they would have picked up the phone for them but it wasn't and so that tells me that zach wilson's been a lock to go number two for quite a while now and the pro day was i just think the icing on the cake for him going very high in the draft
0: Hanson scotting
2: weekdays from 10 to 2 on
0: 975 1280 the zone in the zone sports network
2: Get your foursome together and sign up today for the Dyslexia Center of Utah Charity Golf Tournament. Join the fun May 13th at Cedar Hills Golf Course. 100% of the proceeds go to the Dyslexia Center Scholarship Fund. Space is limited. Find out more at dyslexiacenterofutah.org. All right, PK, it's the Jazz and the Mavericks tonight. The Jazz are on a nine-game win streak. You going to find anything a little more interesting this week with the Jazz playing Dallas tonight, Phoenix Wednesday, top two records in the NBA on Wednesday, and then the Jazz go back-to-back against Portland on Thursday. This looks like the toughest three-game stretch they got left.
1: Okay. I haven't looked that far ahead. I leave that to you. That's why I'm glad you're back this week, so I don't have to look. At <laughs> you don't have to
2: worry about that
1: stuff. No, I hate it when you're gone. And fortunately, you don't take a lot of time off, so uh, that's where you come in. And it's and at this point in the season, I think it's worth it. in In a regular season that starts in October, talking to me about January drives me nuts. But we're we're at the point now where I think it's far stretch more stretch run. Yeah, no question about it. You know, we're under 25 games. Uh, so I get where you're coming from, and if that's what you said, I haven't looked at that far ahead, but I'll take your word for it. So, yeah, it's it's not devastating uh, if they lose. Now, you don't want to go on four or whatever oh, it is on oh, three in that yeah. case, uh, but it does have a little extra oomph to it, and they were already talking about it in Phoenix. They were talking about it last week. Uh, from the Suns' perspective, you know, because the, it's funny because the, the I, I'm trying to recall and nothing comes to mind and I'm not good at this uh, that way. But have we ever had a situation where we're deep, deep into the season now with less than 25 games to remain, go and the numbers one and two teams, hardly anybody believes in them as far as being able to win a title. And so the Jazz have to prove stuff to – and. and if you believe to the doubters, and there's the point being is there are plenty of doubters in their own room. You know, we were talking about that last year when Joe came on. They're getting ready to go to the bubble, and they didn't have Bogdanovich. And we, I think it was you, may have been me, you brought that up as far as wow, the, the 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 proverbial nobody believes in you. And he's like, well, I don't care, we believe in us. So I don't know who doesn't believe in us. Who who you got? I'm sure you remember that. Mm-hmm. So with that in mind, too, here you've got the Jazz. A fair amount of folks don't really believe in them. But even more folks don't believe in the Suns. And here we are deep into the season, and the numbers one and two teams are in that situation. That's sort of crazy. I'm sure, It's probably been it at some point, but nothing comes to mind that this far, these guys, both ball clubs, have very good records, but yet there is so much doubt that they can do it. And for the Phoenix media and all that stuff and their fans, they were talking about – this game Wednesday last week, and I, and I talked about how I listen to some uh, uh, Phoenix sports radio when I'm when I go to the gym just to see what's going on in my in my hometown, and so that's the situation for them because if they and they're still only two and a half games back, right? Or what what are they? You got the standings ahead of you. In front of you, I mean,
2: uh, so, they're three and a half. Three and a half. Back. Okay,
1: three and a half. All right. Three, well, three and they the, then they'll be two and a half.
2: Yeah, three in the loss column is the is the big number to watch.
1: Yeah, so uh, that's that's catchable with still that many games to go. So yeah, they're excited about that and the and the and the, and the, and the from the Suns' perspective, they've got Houston tonight and Houston's a watered down ball club, right? And it's on the road, and then they come home for the. Uh, jazz, And then they got the Clippers on Thursday. So they go back to back. And that's a TNT game with the Suns and the Clippers. So they're talking about not so much tonight, obviously, but once you get past tonight, the next two games for them are somewhat of statement games. So it's a fun time for both ball clubs and somebody's going to prove a little bit more to somebody else or to some doubters possibly. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm looking forward. Anytime I get to see Doncic, like last night, I knew Otani was going to pitch, right? So I wanted to see it because he's, he's a name. That's the way I view Doncic. I want to see him play uh, the full game. And when the Jazz play, I watch the full game. I don't get distracted by other stuff or turn the channel. I'm watching the whole game. I watched Otani pitch. I saw when he hit 101 in the first inning, and then I saw the bomb that he hit in the bottom of the first inning. because uh, he's
2: <laughs> Don't he's be a, late, he, people. The show no. starts in the first inning. Don't be I late. <laughs> wasn't. I wasn't.
1: I had my dinner and uh, turned it on and sat down yeah. on the couch and wanted to watch it. Same thing with Doncic here. Want to see him play. He's a very, very good player, highly entertaining player. And this is an opportunity for the Jazz to have a big week.
2: I have seen years where there were teams that were that had the glossy record that t- people didn't believe in. I think what makes this year different is that these two teams were picked so far down. You know, four, five, five, six. There, there was they weren't supposed to be in the top three. Neither one of them.
1: Yeah, I disagree personally. But if you want, to go uh, right? To
2: their folks. But I think that the consensus out there. I get there are individuals who did, but they certainly weren't in the top two. I mean, it was Lakers and Clippers. And I think, like last year, the Bucks had the best record. Now, that wasn't a surprise, but there were still people who thought uh, this isn't going to translate to the playoffs. And you were one of them. You were at the front of that parade, and you were right. And Toronto ended up with the second best record. Now, that's a little surprising. But in Toronto, the, you know, they'd been in conference finals. They'd been two or three in the East. It wasn't as big a shock. You know, the the Suns, this is, as much as the Jazz have overachieved, I mean, the Suns, they make some off-season moves. They had not even been a playoff team. So this is a massive leap for them. And then I think you have to combine it with, like, just using last year as an example. Okay, the Lakers didn't have one of the two best records in the league, but they were one game behind the Raptors, and we all knew that if LeBron's healthy, look out. This year, the teams that on paper have the championship pedigree, they have the guys who've won championships before, even if they haven't won them with that team, they're injured. And that's this whole other, you know, when are they coming back? When they come back, are they going to stay healthy, or are they going to get hurt again? How's this going to work out? And I think that puts a whole nother level of doubt into this. And you look at the some of the sites that do the, you know, they I don't I don't know how it works, but I know they do like ten thousand simulations and they assign a percentage to everybody, and they don't want to give anybody a thirty percent chance of winning this thing. You know, like one team, you know, like the Nets are at twenty percent and the Lakers are at eighteen, but the Jazz are at twelve percent or thirteen percent and the Suns are at twelve, whichever order it was. It's like nothing is outrageous for these top five or six teams. And usually we've narrowed it down to two or three. And we know, okay, look out. LeBron and the Lakers are healthy. Look out. But they're not healthy. And these other teams, the Jazz and Suns, are playing great. So there's way more doubt this year. And it may work out that it's Lakers-Nets in the end. Maybe those two will get healthy and play great. But nobody knows that for sure now. I'm ready for that game Wednesday. But first things first, Jazz and Mavericks tonight. A good game in its own right. Mavericks, after a bad start, are 18-7 in the last 25 games. That's like a 58-win pace over a full year. They've been they've been playing real well for two months now. All right, DJ and PK, it's time to welcome in Andrew Reinhart from Wasatch Medical Clinic. You know, he comes on and... Uh, He's got uh, opportunities if you've been struggling with ED to avoid the pill, injections, or surgery. But, Andrew, there's often a hesitancy for guys to address ED. They'll just struggle through whatever their issues are. And why are guys so
3: hesitant? Well, this is a great question. We're trying to help eliminate this. But I think that ED is attached to a man's sense of self-worth, ego, and a lot of guys just in denial and what's interesting is we've seen a huge uptick in the spouses or significant others calling us and saying, hey, my man has ED. What do I do? How do I talk about this? Um, and it is something we need to you know, help guys fix because the acoustic wave therapy that we use is so much easier than you might think. The average guy comes in for two to three weeks. He does a few sessions. They're 10 minutes. They don't hurt. Uh, there's no recovery time. You'll notice more blood flow where it counts, when you want it, in the bedroom. Uh, We've helped guys get off of the pill, go from, you know, 50 years old to 35 years old as far as functioning in the bedroom goes. So there's a lot of guys suffering in silence. And we hope that that ends as people learn about the acoustic wave therapy.
2: As always, you've got a special offer for listeners who want to try this out.
3: We do. Uh, you can call us now and the assessment exam and blood flow ultrasound with our MD is free. That gives you a great chance to see if this is a good fit for you. And you may say it's not, by the way. There's no obligation and you can at least, uh, you know, test the waters a little bit. Um, we'll throw in a little gift that uh, is enhanced now and it produces immediate results in the bedroom. Really cool. Give us a call here at Wasatch Medical Clinic. It's all no charge.
2: All right, guys, you can put a stop to your ED. You can get the special offer from Wasatch Medical if you call them right now at 801-901-8000. 801-901-8000. You can call Andrew Reinhardt at Wasatch Medical Clinic now at 801-901-8000. Andrew, thank you. Thank you, guys.